Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, and welcome to the exciting, colorful, and sometimes bizarre world of Argentine tango. On this show, we'll be meeting tango instructors, event organizers, and musicians, and they are a fascinating bunch of people. It'll be a great time, and I hope you can handle it. I'm your host, Joe Yang, and thank you very much for joining us. Today's guest is an accomplished tango dancer, teacher, and violinist. With his multifaceted background, he has developed a teaching style that maximizes body awareness and musicality. As a musician, he has been part of the academic orchestra of Teatro Colón de Buenos Aires, Orquesta Típica Imperial, and he also helped co-found the internationally renowned tango group Sexteto Milonguero. He has played at more than 40 milongas and festivals in Buenos Aires alone, and at over 100 in other parts of the world. And with me now from London is Mariano La Plume. Mariano, thank you again so much for taking the time to have your busy schedule to speak to me. Hello, thank you for inviting me, Joe. Sure. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Yeah. All right, so uh, you're both a tango teacher, dancer, and a violinist. So which came first, music or, or tango, tango dancing? Well, yes, uh, I started my career as a... A musician first mm, okay. uh, when I was around 20 wow. and a couple of years after that um, I started to play uh, the viola too mm. um, for for those who don't know the instrument is uh, like slightly bigger than the, the violin right. um, so I started to play in tango around 2004 mm -hmm. or and uh, at the same time, uh, I started to, to dance tango, so okay. and I, I was doing it for like a good number of years while mm. uh, I was uh, enjoying dancing uh, uh, when, when I had time between concerts or, or after the concerts or, or playing in milongas, milongas, especially when I was uh, traveling uh, mainly to Europe. Okay, so how? So uh, <laughs> when did you start playing um, tango musically? Was that influence from your dancing? Uh, yeah. Well, I yes, yes. Okay. Uh, the the dance always was a, a little bit secondary. My main thing was, uh, of course, uh, the the music. Oh, uh, but but it came it came quite naturally uh, because it's part of the the life. Uh, when you are a musician, you are part of the milonga, even if you are not a dancer, you oh, don't yeah. dance. Mm -hmm. the, the, the milonga is uh, something a little bit wider than just being interested in dancing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, and, and I had a lot of friends, dancers uh, at that time mm -hmm. uh, when I was only playing. That, Of course, they, uh, we met... Um, in, in festivals or tours or, or even in milongas. Okay. So I started to dance and, and take lessons with, with some of these so-called big teachers. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, so it, it was a little bit like an easy entry for, for, for me okay. uh, as, a, as a dancer in that sense, because, you know, socially sometimes it's a little bit, uh, a little bit tricky to, to, uh, meet people or being accepted in, in certain within certain uh, circles 
So yeah, in that sense, it was nice. Yeah, you you brought up a really good point about um, going to milongas and being accepted in in a community as a newer dancer. So many of our listeners are are quite new to tango and they're falling in love with with the dance sons. I'm sure you know what that's like, and they're just starting to come to milongas. <laughs> And they still might be a little nervous, but you know they, they may understand Gabaseo and, and the basic floor craft, but what advice would you give those newer dancers to help make their milonga experiences more enjoyable? Uh, well, I think trying to socialize more than thinking only in the dance, wow. because you you that gives you confidence to, to know the people that is around you and um, not only focusing in the, in the kind of so socialization that mm -hmm. uh, comes from dancing. That means you, you know somebody you like to, to dance and, and you only socialize with the people that you like to dance. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a big barrier because sometimes we, we lose the chance to meet some people mm -hmm. uh, uh, and have a, like a, whole experience of the, 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 the milonga that is like the dancing plus the having a good time even if you are not dancing mm -hmm. that's that's the main thing because a lot of people get frustrated because uh, you know you go to the milonga you think okay i have to dance if i don't dance that's a bad night or well oh, yeah. afternoon so trying to think a little bit more okay i dance if i can but I, I try to meet people and of course we everybody has something in common when you go to the milonga that is the uh, in some way or another you, you are connected to tango by the dance or even if you are like traveling or whatever you do right. um but not having that that pressure of mm -hmm. okay i have i have to dance all night uh <laughs> because if you are if you have very high expectations it's very easy to Mm -hmm. to get frustrated at the end of the night especially when you're doing something that is it should be or in principle is some it's uh it's just a, a hobby or just for pleasure no if you're a professional right. but that's a different mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's good just getting getting to know the people getting to know the other people around you so um just kind of taking me back to the beginning of your of your dancing journey what was it about tango that made you fall in love with the dance uh, well, you know, tango f for me was uh, even before I I was dancing or even playing tango. Uh, uh, I realized after that tango was part of my culture because you know right. when you are in your when you're a teenager in Argentina. Mm. Now the things change a little bit, but uh, the, this uh, you have we have the idea that tango is something for the old people i see because only the old generations used to dance mm -hmm. uh but i feel it was quite natural I, it was i i can't say i really like tango i love tango mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like it's like it's part of my culture in a way that is like i it's like saying i like breathing you you yeah. you just do it and and you enjoy you have a good time uh dancing and sometimes not and uh, but i think that the the one hook that that made i might uh, happen when i was traveling it was to to get, to meet people uh that otherwise it wouldn't be possible because when you when you play you play you just 
play, finish your set, you go, uh, you go to the hotel or whatever you do. Uh, <laughs> but like staying there and and, yeah, and extending a little bit the relation, and I think that was fe- that fed a lot my my understanding of the music mm-hmm. at the same time, because uh, a lot of uh, tango musicians. Um, especially most uh, those who have a little bit more modern view or uh, the focus is not so much maybe in the dancers but in the uh, in the tango in the something that is more like music for for listening yeah. Uh, yeah. and by by dancing i i realized how important it was to play yeah. for the yeah. for the dancers and that's that, that 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 relation between playing for the dancers and dancing at the same time mm-hmm. that that hooked me a lot because it's like you feel what, if you are doing it if you are everything is connected mm-hmm. uh, uh, you feel one with other people when you are playing yeah uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I've had other musicians describe this as it's another kind of dance the the dancers dance with each other but they also dance with the musicians in a sense you're you're all yeah. 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 Well, and something that that I, I, I. This is a good point that I want to say something about. Uh, when I when I teach uh, now, my main experience uh, with the tango is, is dancing and teaching. Um, I use this analogy a lot because uh, we tend to think that the musicians, mm-hmm. the, the music that comes from the musicians, is something that is in some way like split from their own body. Mm. And a lot of uh, gestures, uh, the way of moving, how how the, 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 the we use the physics of the instruments, uh, or we, we understand the physics uh, uh, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think like you are playing, yeah. it helps a lot to to copy the gesture of the musicians because at the end of the day, the sound that is produced mm-hmm. is it comes from a way of moving your body. Mm-hmm. It's not just sound and, it's, it, and there is no, nothing else involved. It's like the physicality of the musician. Yeah. Uh, it has a lot to do with the, with the sound. And if we try to copy uh, or, or emulate a little bit that, I think it might be a very good starting point to understand the musicality. Well, that's a big word yeah. that uh, a lot of tango dancers are always trying to right. to achieve. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's another that's a good thing to bring up musicality. I mean, since you are an accomplished musician and also a, a teacher as well, so I think students would have a very big advantage learning from you. So, um, so let's say a newer student wants to become a more musical dancer, and there are so many layers to the musicality. How do you first introduce students to the concept of being a more musical dancer and, and what to listen for in music? Something that that I might think mm-hmm. is trying to, um, if I, I if I am very precise of the same word as I use, is sure. try to use the the discharge of the weight to the floor, mm-hmm. trying to uh, copy the bandoneon, for example. Uh-huh. I, I, for sure, you have seen you have seen bandoneonist playing yes. uh, a, a marcato or a shumba, mm-hmm. and there is like this. The, the the heads of the bandoneon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, if you pull too much, the sound is like ah, it's okay. not nice. If okay. if you have to press the button, it has a, a specific technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I play a little bit the bandoneon, oh, very nice. little, but <laughs> uh, so 
you have to let the the weight of the bandoneon create the sound oh. you have to try to do it in a way that it doesn't interfere mm -hmm. and i think uh, there's a truth there when we are moving mm -hmm. not trying to control everything but try to to feel our own weight to start to be uh, with the swing no, if in other dances this word is very, very common, but we, we say it mugre, uh, that is some kind of dirt. Yeah. Uh, so trying to trying to read read the the the, the music because I, there's something that the, this is of course my my analysis is uh, the, the the phrasing for example that is of course another topic that is very important mm -hmm. if you think about the phrasing of the of in tango mm -hmm. uh, is very much related to the the lung capacity of the of the singers oh, okay. so and most singers even if m most of them are very good at least those who we know mm -hmm. now that traditional mm -hmm. uh, people, the, the singers from like Disarli or Troilo or whoever, uh, they don't have, a, a, most of them, they don't have like a, a professional training in the same sense that, that a, a, a lyric or classical uh, singer mm -hmm. might have, that they can sing very long and long notes and they have like a way of doing. It's a, the te te technique is, is sometimes quite basic and and how how that's what makes a popular popular music i think mm -hmm. that it doesn't need a very high skill technique to 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 create beauty okay. and if if we think in that way uh, uh, when we move we have to try to connect with the, our breathing oh. and that uh, but because we at the end of the day breathing is movement right uh, there's nothing to do with the on, the air in itself is not doing anything. The mm -hmm. lungs in itself uh, are not doing anything. It's like just by moving our muscles in the ribcage and uh, mm -hmm. uh, involuntarily the diaphragm, yes. we we let the, the air pass through us. Yes. So there's a lot of uh, a big element in this sense and in in the use of the weight of our own body. Mm -hmm of being a little bit more trying to control everything, not holding. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of my students and also myself, when I was learning it, my always, the teachers were always telling me to breathe, breathe. And now <laughs> I really, I really have a better understanding of, of what that, of what that means. Yeah. Yeah. You've performed in many cities and many festivals in Buenos Aires alone and also internationally. Um, so you must have visited many different countries, many seen many different people, in many different cultures. So just, uh, just as a point of curiosity, when, when you perform in different countries, do you, and, and these are people who all love tango. So while you're performing and you're observing the dancers, do you see the culture of the country reflected in the people, uh, in the way in which they dance tango? Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And nobody can can hide from that mm -hmm. because the uh, how you move is like how you talk a language. Mm -hmm. How I I have, for example, my English, and anybody who who knows an Argentinian will will say, yeah, he is Argentinian. No, not because I can, <laughs> because of my accent. Mm -hmm. Even if I study all my life my, the the language mm -hmm. and. Uh, of course, I have a lot to study still. Mm -hmm. 
my accent, how I, I speak, is even if if uh, everything that is related to perfect the, the language in itself, uh, it will be very difficult for me to to talk like a proper British, let's say. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I see. I see. Any different countries, uh, different cultures uh, have different uh, idiosyncrasy, if you like, of yes. how to move the body. But it's not something that you you do it consciously. You just learn the gestures since you bo- were were born. You, you look other people moving and you move like them, mm-hmm. and you don't even choose that. You just do it. Yeah. So. Uh, of course, there's like a footprint in your way of moving and in your way of dancing, ah, yeah. uh, and and that's and I think that's that's something that is is curiously is not so put in 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 a positive way uh, in the sense that tango is 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 one within brackets, no, yeah. but the the expression that different peop- different cultures might have from it, the the, the way of moving the your accent let's say if you are i don't know british or german you have an accent right. uh, that that would be fantastic to really try to get what is important the technique mm-hmm. uh, the, the the musicality but mm-hmm. the accent keep that so the tango keeps growing instead of trying to uh, create a mold or, or a, a model to follow that is only is like uh, one thing because at the end of the day it is going to be very difficult to achieve because it's like, as I said, it's like le- learning a language without it's, it's speaking that language without accent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's very difficult. And at the same time, is I don't think it's necessary. Right. Very interesting. Yeah. So. Uh, speaking of uh, advice and things like that, what what is some really good or memorable advice that you've gotten from some of your own teachers, either music teachers or tango teachers? Okay, let me think about. Uh, well, I I remember my my violin and viola teacher. He used to say something like, "You only have uh, one chance." to give a first good impression. Yeah. And uh, I I am doing other discipline that is a dance and I am uh, Alexander Technique teacher. So mm-hmm. anything that I do, I, it, it, I think about that mm-hmm. because you can apply this a- anywhere in your life. And when you dance, the first impression that you give, mm-hmm. if I put it in the, in the, in the milonga, no? something very concrete, it's like you go to the embrace, Mm-hmm. And take that time to really embrace the the, the other person that you have in front of you, mm-hmm. to because that that's I think that's what makes the um, a big difference. Instead of focusing in what are you going to do with your legs or or your partner's legs or or, mm-hmm. or if you look good, like yeah. that that's what is going to give that first good impression. And and I think that might change uh, your focus when you dance and, and, and make it a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah. You notice so much about another person when you, when you start that embrace, don't you? <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So were you a classically trained violinist before you started playing tango? Uh, yes, yes. My, I, I was studying uh, private. I never studied in the conservatory because... Okay. Uh, I start. I um, I start 
started late. Late means uh, I, I started to play when I was uh, 19 or 20 years old. Okay. And anybody who is a professional musician knows that it, that's very late for the violin. I see. Normally, you start you start when you when you are ten or even yeah. before that. Yeah. So so tr so yeah, because I hear a lot of stories of people transitioning from classic to tango, as and then um, you know how that was kind of tricky for them. But for you, uh, was that a relatively easy transition? Yeah, it was relatively easy. Yeah, <laughs> at that time I was playing. I was playing in a in a in a semi-professional uh, orchestra in the Colón Theater in Buenos Aires. Yes. Uh, uh, it's like academic orchestra. I was playing there, mm -hmm. and I had a lot of experience in in what we call um, uh, sight reading. Like mm -hmm. you, you just read. You, they put the music in front of you and. You yeah. just read yeah, yeah. and you play, mm -hmm. uh, and that uh, it, it was re relatively easy for me to learn. For example, all the repertoire that I was playing in okay. the, that first orchestra. I think that the fact that the tango was always around yeah. in in my life, even if I wasn't, even if I didn't like it before before I started to play, yeah. because it was something a little bit like I said, as I said before, a little bit like the. Mm -hmm. like old fashioned or right. not from my generation mm -hmm. let's say mm -hmm. the, the way how, how you speak how your my father used to speak with to me mm -hmm. a lot of um, uh, what we say lunfardo yep. that is like this slang uh, yes <laughs> um, Spanish mix of Spanish and Indian uh, and I don't know mm -hmm. other many other things uh, mm -hmm. other languages so that that was uh, was there no yeah and when you, of course when you get closer to the to the, the music mm -hmm. you learn uh, in more detail and more and you get closer and you you start to understand a little bit more the detail in this small difference between this kind of accent and that the for different orchestras or in different eras you can you can hear a difference yeah. uh, and and i think that's that's quite important if you are if you are a dancer to try to understand that there is a difference and you can express mm -hmm. uh, something yeah. you, you have to do something with it if it's different don't do it don't don't do the same thing don't dance in the same way yeah so what future <laughs> projects are you working on either musically or in your dancing uh, well we have a big project in our hands now we in just in one week, we, as you know, we, we live in London. Right. You came one, in one week, we are going to buy a house in Rotterdam, in oh, Netherlands. Nice. nice. So, and yeah, and we are planning to start the transition to, to uh, there in the next couple of months. Oh, okay. But keep trying to keep the uh, here running as much as we can, focusing more in the weekends okay. and trying to. Uh, start a new life in, in in the continent and see how things work there. All right, Mariano, where do we find more information about you online? Uh, I have a Facebook profile. It's okay. my name and surname, Mariano La Plume, or uh, our webpage that is maralmariano.com, okay. uh, where anybody who is interested to see um, who we are, what we do, uh, in which way, you we 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 put 
most of the information they are or anybody who wants to know a little bit more they can contact me now as i said we are a little bit busy with this but uh, uh, yeah we are really interested in, in, in keep uh, connecting with people and and yeah this is uh, our business in one way no yeah yeah okay and i'll have that in our show notes so our listeners will be able to look that up and get more information on you Okay, Mariano, oh, okay. I, know, I know you're super busy, but thank you again for taking the time out to uh, to talk to me. I really appreciate it, and I think the listeners will really appreciate what you have to say. You are welcome. My pleasure. Okay. All right. Good luck with everything, and um, we'll be in touch. Okay. Fantastic. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Another interesting conversation. So whether you're an experienced dancer or just starting out, musicality in tango is very important. It's a very rich subject too. Tango musicians and instructors can talk about it for literally hours, and there are so many layers to get into. Mariano mentioned a lot of neat things, but what really stuck out to me was his method of understanding musicality, being in tune with your breathing, and looking upon your breathing as a form of movement in and of itself while dancing. He also mentioned that we should try drawing parallels between the movement of the bandoneon and our movement as dancers. Bandoneon players aren't applying brute force in order to produce sound. Much of it has to do with using the natural weight of the instrument. And as dancers, we need to follow a similar principle. Not to use excessive force and to be really in tune with our body's natural movement. This, of course, takes practice and a lot of focus. And if you're trying to utilize Mariano's line of thinking here, make sure you're listening to tango music that actually includes the bandoneon. You know, it's just a suggestion. This is a very interesting approach to musicality, and if it resonates with you, great. But if not, don't worry. Again, teachers and musicians approach this subject from many different angles, as you will find on this podcast. There's sure to be one that will fit your personal style. So thank you again, Mariano, for your time and for your thoughts. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Joe's Tango Podcast. I really appreciate it. Hey, if you're still listening, how would you like to win a brand new Amazon Echo Dot? Well, I'm giving one away, and here's what you need to do for a chance to win it. It's very easy. If you're enjoying this podcast, head over to iTunes or Stitcher, give Joe's Tango Podcast a good rating and a review, then click that subscribe button. Then email me a copy of the review so I can easily cross-reference it and remember to include your name in the email. I will put your name in a hat and on Valentine's Day 2018, I will pick a random winner from my hat and that winner could be you. If it is you, I'll contact you to find out where to ship your prize and you'll want to email your name and review to wisconsintango at gmail.com. Once again, that's wisconsintango, all one word, at gmail.com. Again, this is a brand new second generation Amazon Echo Dot. It is a very cool gadget and it also works as a Bluetooth speaker so you can listen to Joe's Tango podcast in style. Okay, that's it for now. We'll have more shows coming to you every Monday and sometimes Fridays, but definitely every Monday. I'm Joe Yang. Talk to you again soon.